So if you've got one of those big books that you read every now and again, and you should be reading every day, it's a Bible, that's the one. <clears throat> Bible, John chapter 13. And I'm supposed to be preaching the whole, the whole of the chapter, but I'm going to read to verse 30, because um, I've got plenty by the time I got there. So you can do the last bit on your own, if that's all right. So John chapter 13, beginning to read it the first verse, and I'm going to read it out. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the power the Father had put uh, sorry, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that he poured water into a basin, began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. I love Peter. He's great. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. So you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he'd finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes, returned to his own place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for what, that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet... You also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I'm not referring to all of you. I know who those I have chosen, but this is to fulfill the scripture. He who shares my bread has lifted up his heel against me. I'm telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am he. I tell you the truth, whoever accepts anyone I send, accepts me. Whoever accepts me, accepts the one who sent me. After he'd said this, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, I tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter mentioned to his disciple, motioned to this disciple and said, ask him what, which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it's the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I've dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, son of Simon. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. What you're about to do, do quickly, Jesus told him. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus had said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the feast or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. I wonder how you react to knowing something big is about to happen. You're about to move house. How do you react? Excitement? Fear? No? Ignoring that it's going to happen at all? <laughs> Trying to put it off? 
or you know something's coming, you're about to get married, you're about to change job, you're about to do something big. Jesus knows, as it says in verse 1 there, Jesus knows, it's, it's just before the Pentecost feast, and Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. He knew he was coming to the crux of his ministry. I use the word crux advisedly, because the word crux means cross. He knows this is the crucial time. Again, crucial from the word for cross. He knows it's coming. So what does he do? He has dinner with his friends. He wants to be with those whom he loves. He wants to be with those who love him. Because there's a bit of him knows it's not going to be easy. And actually, fast forward to the Garden of Gethsemane, it's not easy. And Jesus is owning that. And he wants to be around those who love him. But he wants to be around those he loves. So often we do that, don't we? We're going to move or we're going to go on a long journey or we're going to do something. We, we have time with family or we have time with close friends before we do the big thing. It's a very human response from Jesus, actually. But he goes beyond that human response and shows us something. And this morning, I want us to look at the three main characters in this story and to learn from all three of them. We've got Jesus... And what he, well, he tells us to imitate him. So, lesson number one. Then you've got Simon Peter, who, as I said in the middle of the reading, I just love him. He doesn't know, he doesn't know when no's not the right answer. <laughs> he just bundles in, so enthusiastic, and then so, ah, he's so human, isn't he? And actually, the third main character here is, G is Judas who doesn't say, doesn't say anything, but he's, he's in the story. So how does Jesus interact with Peter here? Jesus shows us a display of love. Verse 2, the evening meal was served. Sorry, verse 1 still. Having loved his own who were in the world, he, knows, he now showed them the full extent of his love. Now actually he's going to show them the full extent of his love on the cross. But this is the full extent of his love thus far. This is, and what does he do? He washes their feet. For a Middle Eastern man to do something like this is to lay aside that pride, that sense of position, that sense of identity really. And to do something for his friends. Something that would be done in private. Maybe done by a servant or a slave if you were that posh. But you definitely do it in private. Because their feet were in a worse condition than ours are. Because they, they, you know, they didn't wear socks and look after their feet in the same way. Their feet were hardened and calloused. And all that stuff. Now, if you're really unlucky, I'll take my socks. No, I won't take my socks off here. <laughs> but it's... Yeah, it's a big deal what he's done. And to strip down to, you know, to his vest and, and put a towel around his waist, it's a big deal. Jesus displays his love, a humility, his service, his sacrifice, his affection. 
And Peter's reaction is, what the do you think you're doing? You fill the gap in with whichever word you prefer. What do you think you're doing? Why are you doing that? No. You're going to wash my feet? Peter's first reaction is incredulity. So we break the word incredulity down. Incredulous. Incredo. Non-believing. He can't believe what's about to happen. He's incredulous. He hasn't got faith in the moment. But it's okay. No, no, no. Jesus, don't, don't. Jesus wants to bless him. Come on, anybody here had a pedicure? Oh, there's, there's a few. Huh? I've been to the... Who's the people that look after your feet rather than a pedicure? So I've been to the cropodist. <laughs> I've never had a pedicure. Is it, is it pleasant? Can you hear that online? They're all going, oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. Is it Owen? Is it, have you had one? Yeah, was it nice? Yeah? Chris, have words with Owen later, it's fine. Uh, no, it's more and more people are, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. But it's something, and it's something actually quite sensuous and quite intimate, really. And Peter's going, no, thank you. <laughs> Isn't he? He's going, you shouldn't be doing that. No, thank you. I don't want you to bless me. Oh, sound familiar? It's the instinctive reaction, isn't it? It's the reaction we're getting in the community as we try to bless. No, thank you. We don't want to be blessed. We're, we're fine as we are. Okay, if the road to hell is fine, then good luck with that one. We want to bless you. So he's incredulous, and then he's rejecting. Good place for a disciple to be, isn't it? No faith, and then turning his back on what's being offered. <laughs> and then he, the penny drops, and he goes, well, not just my feet, then do my head, my hands, and everything, and all my bits and pieces in between. It does say that on there, doesn't it? No, no. That's what he's saying. He said, wash the whole of me, isn't he? That's what he's saying. Wash all of me then. And... I, I, I'm sure Jesus doesn't do this, but the way I read it, I, I hear Jesus going, no. Because <laughs> I'm sure Jesus has got a lot more patience than I have. But Jesus goes, no, you've, if somebody's had a bath, you only have to wash your feet. Because you've been walking in the street and they're dusty and filthy and horrible. We take our shoes off. They can't take their feet off. They've got to wash them. That's, you know. And Jesus says, No. You're getting it wrong. You don't understand. So Peter goes from incredulous, what? To no, to then a deep fear of missing out. FOMO is there big time. Well, do all of me then. Have you ever been in the what with God? Have you ever been with the, oh, no. And have you ever been with the FOMO? Yeah. Again, Peter represents us. Maybe not all of them at once, quite as sharp as this, but I, I recognise all of those. So there's Peter. 
I've set you example, Jesus said, that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant's greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent me. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed as you do them. So we do them to bless, but as we bless, we are blessed. We're happy. That word blessed has something about being happy about it. We're fulfilled. We're excited. We get that sense of what we're supposed to be here for. And then Judas. Judas is silent, but there's, you know, there's that little interplay that we know well now. John laying back on Jesus' chest and Peter going, Oi, ask him. You're, you're closest. Ask him. These lovely bits of detail that, that makes the story just so real. It's not sanitized in that sense. It's just all the detail. And Jesus is getting revelation. Jesus knows it's time. But then verse 18. This is to fulfill the scripture. He knows his scripture, so he's seeing scripture fulfilled. Verse 21. After this, Jesus was troubled in his spirit. His spirit is moved. He's getting revelation. And then there's a prophetic, prophetic action. Not, not only does he see the scripture being fulfilled, not only is his spirit moved, but then he acts to see the prophetic fulfilled. He gives the bread to Judas. Judas has already been prompted by Satan, and at that point, Satan enters in. And I love this bit at the end. What you're about to do, do quickly. And the rest of the disciples go, what? Oh, he's the treasurer. He's the one with the money. He, right, he's going to go and buy food for the rest of the feast. He's going to go and sort the stuff out. That's what treasurers do, they sort stuff out. Is that right? Yeah. Looks at treasurer. She nods. I'm not, not equating our treasurer with the same activities here at all. But he's, I, I bring it up again because it proves how much he's trusted He's trusted by the rest of them with the money. And that's where the betrayal comes, in the trust. If it was somebody who was on the edge, who was a bit narky and a bit awkward and a bit difficult, then it wouldn't be a betrayal, would it? You'd just go, oh, well, I expect it from them. The depth of betrayal comes because it's someone close. So Judas shows us actually what not to do? Because Judas actually, Judas wants to see Jesus full, um, succeed. Judas wants to see um, Israel released. He wants to see the freedom of his people. He wants what Jesus wants, and he, but he looks and goes, Jesus, you're doing it the wrong way. Jesus, you're not doing quick enough. Jesus, you're not coming against the Romans in armed insurrection and all that stuff. So I'm going to force your hand. I'll get you arrested by the Romans, and you'll have to knock their blocks off and... There'll have to be something. And his scepticism and his frustration and his difficulty with the person leading all this stuff actually turns him to that place of betrayal and nastiness and opens the door. Prompted by Satan at the beginning, door open and Satan enters in. 
I love this as well. We see the three of them, Jesus and Peter and Judas, but we also see the spiritual reality behind it. It's not just these guys doing stuff. You see Satan's activity and how it works. And in a way, Jesus has given Judas permission. What you're about to do, go and do quickly. It's not the Father's plan. It's not the best for Judas. It's not what Jesus would want, but this is what's going to happen because this is where you're going. So what you're about to do, go and do quickly. Judas has opened the door. Judas is the one that's invited Satan in in that sense. But Jesus is going, okay, this is how it's going to be. I can deal with it. So where do we learn? Let's go backwards quickly to learn. One, always look at the spiritual reality behind, behind any presenting circumstances. So the fight we have and all the stuff with trying to get our building project done and all the rest of it, it's not against flesh and blood. It's against the powers and principalities of this world. That's the fight. I have no animosity towards anybody who's opposing us at all. I wish two or three of them would be a bit nicer about it all and not quite as personally horrible to me, but I'd seriously have no animosity towards them. But I'm going to fight the flipping powers and authorities that are getting in. Again, I don't mean the planning authority. I mean the spiritual authorities. I will fight and get angry in prayer against what the enemy is doing. See what's going on behind. It's not just Judas, it's Satan working through him. Judas is obviously quite a nice guy. Otherwise they wouldn't have trusted him with the money. So first lesson, see the spiritual reality. Second one, learn from Judas. Avoid being like Judas. Don't try and force God's agenda. Don't try and make it happen. Don't go hard and critical and sceptical. Just because the people of God in your area aren't doing what you want them to do doesn't mean they're wrong. Doesn't mean they're being obstructive. Doesn't mean they're being horrible. So learn from Judas. Otherwise, Satan gets his way. Learn from Peter. Try not to be incredulous. But if you are, it's okay. Move to faith. Try not to say no to God. <laughs> That's never a good place. No, don't, Jesus, don't. Hmm. And then don't worry about the fear of missing out because you already have everything you need to live this godly and holy life. So you're not going to miss out because it's all there. And just because I'm Jesus' special one doesn't mean that you're not because you're as special as I am. We're all his special one. He treats us all especially it's not like human love. There's only, a little, there's only so much to go around. His is eternal, so there, and it, you know, there's enough love for all of us to fill us up. We won't miss out. So, see the spirituality. Avoid the hardness and the open doors to Satan that Judas has. Avoid Peter's incredulity saying no to Jesus and the fear of missing out. And finally... Very simply, do what it says in the passage. Jesus says, imitate him. Do what he has done. 
wash other people. Please don't. I don't want to see people outside with bowls of water and towels and all the rest of it. Whatever the washing people's feet means in this circumstances, let's do it. Wash each other's feet. Support each other. Come close. And those around us. You know, we've got people in different circumstances. I know, you know Phil, bless him. He's not been well and we're praying for him and all the rest of it. But I know people are washing his feet. You know, um, guys, uh, the Jennings family here are washing his feet just by being who they are. His home group are washing his feet just by providing food. Um, his next door neighbours, they're, they're washing his feet because they're there for him. Great. That's, that's washing each other's feet. That's being Jesus to the people around us. So, yeah. So, recognize the spiritual reality. Avoid the hardness. Don't be incredulous. Don't fear missing out. And imitate Jesus. It's so simple. It is so, so simple. We're going to pray. And we're going to come to a close, actually, I think. Is that all right? Yeah. If you're wondering who won the first, the first people to, not the first people to post an answer for the, for the quiz, but the first people to put that they'd got 18 which is four marks, up. And uh, with the Leach family, so there will be something winging its way to the Leach family. They had a bit of a head start with mum up there, didn't they, and grandma, so they got one that maybe the rest of us didn't get. But <laughs> So, um, Debbie, you didn't get 18. So you, you, you had a head start, but you came second, I think. So that's the winners. Let me pray. And we'll come to a close. Lord... Hmm. help us to walk Lord free from fear free from guilt we declare in Christ Jesus there is neither male nor female we are your sons and daughters we are your children and we walk together in safety Teach us, Lord, soften our hearts so we don't go hard like Judas and open the door to the enemy. Lord, open our hearts and teach us so we don't get confused like Peter. And we know that we're not going to miss out. And Lord, help us to be sacrificial that we will wash other people's feet. Lord, we, we do. We give thanks for our, our mothers and the, all, all the women within the church who serve and are so often taken for granted and it is so, so wrong. But also, Lord, all who serve. Lord, give us all a servant heart. Not because doing brings us to God, but being with God causes us to do. Lord, May we celebrate this Mothering Sunday and may we imitate Jesus. As John 14, 12 says, may we do the things that Jesus did and learn to do even greater things than these. To his glory. Amen. <laughs>